to Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the recap show of the 49ers' big victory over the Minnesota Vikings, 34-26. to It was a huge victory, and it was a magnificent victory. It was a glorious, glorious victory for the San Francisco 49ers. What an absolute game. What an absolute day. It's time to celebrate, Faithful. It's time to celebrate Cutback Crew and... Uh, one way that you can celebrate is to help support the channel here. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and also just comment down below about, you know, maybe your favorite moment from the game, thing that had you on the edge of your seat that you were worried about. We always love hearing from the cutback crew and talking about this game. Uh, but anyway, let's let's dive into what made this game so unique, what made it so special, and why the 49ers were able to climb out of this thing. Because early on, things did not go necessarily the greatest for the San Francisco 49ers. You had the three and out stop, which was great. And I think you and I both felt really good after the three and out stop for the 49ers to open up the game. And now the uh, ball goes into your offense's hand and you're driving down the field, you know, up, up to midfield and things are going well. And then that Jimmy Garoppolo interception, uh, a couple early throws in that game, maybe be like, ah, Jimmy, the first pass was high. The second pass, which was a catch was high. And then the pick, which was just nowhere near where it needs to be. And he completely misreads the field. Uh, were you, were you a little worried about this offense and how the game started off? And did you think this Niners team would be able to figure out and get on track? I was worried about Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, he just seemed out of sorts. I, I think I talked about this on the reaction show that you could see in his face. He almost looked stressed. Um, he looked worried or, you know, just stressed about the moment. And I don't know if it's something he was seeing or maybe something he wasn't seeing, uh, but he he was definitely feeling a little bit of the weight of what was going on. And his ball was errant. He was, you know, leaving the ball high over the middle, which is never a good thing. He's lucky that, you know, another pass wasn't intercepted. Uh, but in this situation, they get a little bit of pressure up the middle. And in that situation, he needs to move the pocket you know, move out of the pocket, uh, get rid of the football, or just eat it. Uh, those are your options. You don't want to turn over at midfield. You punt the ball, you know, and you live with the results of what Wisnowski's punt will be. Uh, that was not a good decision by Jimmy Garoppolo. It's one of those decisions where he saw what he thought Harrison Smith was going to run a cover to and be you know, vacating that area, and that area was going to be you know, free, so you were going to have a, a receiver one-on-one -on -one with that guy there. Um, and it wasn't a good situation. The guy was all over the receiver, and Harrison Smith was standing right there to get the ball. Um, it's not what you want from Jimmy Garoppolo. Kyle Shannon wasn't happy about that situation and let Jimmy know. The key is, is that Jimmy responds. I mean, that, that's the key. But the 49ers really got their offense going. But I thought it all started with that big pass to Ayuk. I know it gets tipped at the line of scrimmage. Um, but once Ayuk makes that catch, it just felt like the momentum started. The, the offense started rolling a little bit on that drive. They got the run game going. And pretty soon, Debo Samuel scampering around the outside for a touchdown along the sideline, which was a great run that he finished with a, a nice physical move. Um, to make sure that he got in 100 um you know debo again showed his versatility again why he's so dynamic why he's one of the more talented impactful offensive players in all of football right now in, in the nfl um you know whether it's on the ground in the air um he can beat you in a variety of ways and i just took a shot to him deep as well um and jimmy and jimmy never really settled in i don't i don't believe i don't truly believe uh, watching and looking back in this game that jimmy garoppolo ever really solidified like that he was the guy in control of this football game. It felt like he was doing enough. Like he he did enough and and 
managed this this felt like a managed football game from jimmy garoppolo this did not feel like the past few weeks from jimmy where he dinks and dunks and finds the right guys and gets the ball out in space and yeah he was making some tight window throws and putting the ball in space for guys to catch but it never felt like he fully took grasp of this football game but he didn't really have to this is again another game where the 49ers run game comes through in a huge way um and they're able to establish and control up front um, you know, Minnesota doesn't really go to a five-man front until very late in this football game. So they give you four-man boxes, and yes, they're getting eight guys in the box, but you're getting a four-man front look, and the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, you know what to do with a four-man front and where to where to move the football. And in past weeks, we saw a lot of motion leading into sweeps. Not a lot of that this week. A lot of from a lot of stationary looks, motioning guys to get the coverage look, setting, and then running sweeps the opposite direction. Um, and a couple of times it was huge. It was the right call at the right time. And when they did run some some sweeps, it was counter sweeps to Elijah Mitchell where they overloaded one side of the, the field, showed sweep, gave a sweep look, and then countered back the other direction for big gashing runs. It felt like consistently Elijah Mitchell was chunking 8, 9, 10 yards at a time. And when you're doing that, when you're getting that many yards, you know, getting to the second level untouched, uh, it wears on a defense. Yeah, 100%. I mean, a run game wears on a defense uh all the time and as far as jimmy goes uh what we saw from jimmy garoppolo was it felt like he settled in probably in the third quarter yeah. it looked like it looked like he settled in a little bit where the stress at least relieved his face did he did he play at the level that he had played the last three weeks no he didn't um but he got it through he got it done and you know did enough uh but it was not a good performance from him overall i thought he did like you said just enough to get it done um but this run game picked him up and this run game picked up this 49ers team like they needed to rushing for over 200 yards in this game was absolutely dynamic and that's that's what you got to do. You got to find ways to win football games. And right now, the running game has been leading the way. Uh, this running game has been establishing the tempo. It's been establishing, you know, how many plays that this defense for the 49ers plays on the field and how fresh they are later on in the game. Early on in this game, the pos- the possession battle is really close. In fact, Minnesota was actually winning at one point, I believe, like ten minutes to nine minutes. Um, but by the time we got to the end of the game, the 49ers had almost ten minutes more of possession than the Vikings. That's the difference in the football game. Is they they just start wearing on you, grinding on you. The Minnesota Vikings defense started falling off. The 49ers defense was sitting on the sideline. We had that stretch from the end of the second quarter um, until the middle of the third quarter where the, the 49ers offense was on the field almost the entire time and the defense for the Vikings was not. They got all that big drive at the end of the half to get a break, uh, the halftime, and then the big drive at the beginning of the third quarter to get a break. When you get those situations, your defense can be fresh and ready to roll, and they were. 100%. And, uh, like you just talked about with the time of possession, it was 14 whole minutes. So 14 minutes in the 49ers' favor, uh, 23 first downs to Minnesota's 17, 423 yards of offense to 323 yards of total offense for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, on top of winning the turnover battle, yet again, what a surprise, Ant. I control the clock. Uh, don't make turnovers and create turnovers, and you can win football games. Seems like a recipe for success. Man, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I think that's a recipe for any NFL team. If you win those categories, you're probably going to walk away with a W. And the 49ers did that in the game, and they made sure they walked away with a W and then put themselves in prime position for the playoffs. Now they're sitting in a sixth seed and a firm, you know, firm hold on the sixth seed because of the teams that are behind them, um, some of those teams they've already beat. We know that head-to-head is the number one, you know, breakthrough, so um, tiebreaker. So that's a good situation for the 49ers, and, and now we're looking positive and looking up at the Rams, but with knowing that we play the Rams again, the 49ers got to be feel comfortable with their situation. And the only reason they were able to get to that comfortable situation is because of how they played this football game. 100%. And it starts with the key matchups offensively that we had and the offense being able to get things going. Uh, and and mine was a key one. It was going to be Kyle Shanahan versus Mike Zimmer and the Zimmer of hope that the, the Minnesota Vikings defense needed in order to be able to hope to contain, to slow down, to stifle the 49ers in the run game. 
Um, no, wasn't there. Um, this is a win for Kyle Shanahan. I know early in the game the Niners make mistakes and the Vikings get up early and capitalize, but the run game was going early um, and often. And Megan can attest, I was sitting there going, man, I feel like we're gashing the Vikings with the run game. Why are we passing so much? I, th I think right now, I get that we're down 7-0, and I know you're trying to soften them up, but I feel they're softened up enough already. I, I feel like we were getting five, six yards of carry as it was. Um, but Kyle Shanahan didn't shy away from what he wanted to do. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo settled in enough to get the ball moving. And the 49ers offense eventually got into the heavy portion of the run game. And as soon as they did, the tide turned. Um, and Debo Samuel was a big part of, part of that, turning runs uh, outside runs into huge gains and then occasionally softening up. And then Elijah Mitchell continually gashing and gashing and gashing. And Zimmer being unwilling to to change and go to going to a different front, wanted to stay in his base, wanted to get his linebackers and extra guys in the field, bring his safeties down in space into the box as well. Uh, interesting game plan for Minnesota. I didn't expect it. I said in the All-22 film preview uh, that I expected them to show more five-man box fronts. And the 49ers to, you know, if they needed to get the four-man box, they'd have to go to a bunch set. They didn't have to. They didn't have to go three wide receivers. They were able to get it with their two tight end looks. And that's exactly why Kyle Shanahan approached the game plan. He thought the same thing you did. He thought he was going to see a five-man front. He thought he was going to see a safety walk into the box and eight, you know, eight-man in the box, and that he was going to have to adjust to the pass game the same way that he did in 2019. Um, whenever you have a game or, or a game plan that you can look back on, you know, that you win against a coach like Zimmer, you're going to try to get some ideas of how he planned on handling you and how he's going to plan on handling you now, especially if the personnel hasn't changed in that many positions. And there's some spots where it hasn't changed. So I think Kyle had an idea of how we believe the Vikings were going to be able to attack them. And Zimmer came in really with an opposite perspective and opposite way of handling it, which ultimately ends up being his downfall. Now, he does do a very good job in the first half because they hold the San Francisco 49ers um, to two touchdowns. And the fact they hold them to 14 points, the way the 49ers have been playing this, you know, this stretch run, where they've been averaging you know over 30 points a game is kind of impressive. The problem is the 49ers run game wouldn't quit. And my my offensive key matchup was this 49ers run game um versus the the defensive you know run defense for the Vikings. And I thought the 49ers won this in glowing fashion. I mean, anytime you're able to run for over 200 yards, the dynamic way they were able to execute it, the way Kyle Shanahan, you know, used Elijah Mitchell and then also got Debo Samuel involved as well, uh, was just masterful. And that's what he's been doing consistently in this stretch run. And since he's getting it going, Debo's been attacking the outside zone. Elijah Mitchell's been doing it all. But these toss sweeps that he gets outside, where he either gets to the outside, depending on the blocking, and get, and goes all the way outside, or he cuts back against the grain and gets vertical real quick and gets the positive yardage, it's so fun to watch. His vision is there. His patience is there. It's a fun thing to watch. And Kyle was executing these guys. And what was nice is that was kind of the two-headed monster. Even though he brought Jeff Wilson Jr. in, most of the time when Jeff Wilson Jr. was in, it was to block for Debo Samuel. It's true. It was, it was, that was his, his role. They wanted a certain personnel look out there, so they needed to have the extra running back. Uh, but that was his role. And Jeff Wilson Jr. wasn't a huge impact, except for in the blocking game. But Debo Samuel was a huge impact. And all the big, huge runs were from Debo Samuel, and all the very good runs were from Elijah Mitchell. It was a nice run attack. They wore the Vikings down. And by the end of the game, the Vikings, it didn't matter how many guys they had in the box, eight, nine, it didn't matter. They were still going to get you know yards, and they ultimately used the timeout the Vikings had, got it all the way to two minutes, and it ends up being the difference in the game. True. Uh, it would have been easier if uh, Robbie Gold makes a field goal or if Kyle Shanahan just decide, decides to go for it on fourth down. And Gold needs to make a field goal. He does need to make the field goal, 100%. Um, but it's one of those things where you did enough to yep. force them to make a long drive, and you're banking on your defense to be able to get the job done. Uh, Robbie Gold, make the field goal next time. We all we, we all feel better. We feel happier. Um you know, I, I drove, I literally left my house 
when the Niners, that fourth down was coming up, because I'm like, oh, it's Robbie Gold from a solid distance. We're, yep. we're in good shape. I'm going to hop in the car, get over there, catch the end of the game. And by the time I got over to your place and you opened the door to let me in, he says, pause. And I was like, wait, why is it pause? Like, nothing to pause. And you're like, Gold missed the field goal. My butthole t- puckered just a little bit. Got a little tight ant. Um, you got to come in and watch the 49ers finish out a, a solid drive. But man, oh man, uh, de- definitely tighter finish than it needed to be. 100%. I mean, that that Robbie Gold, that's his sweet spot, right? The 42 yards, I mean, he should hit that all the time. They're on the right hash mark, and he, he just, you know, let it kind of slide on him a little bit. Um, he needed to start it more to the middle of the goalpost. He didn't do that. I mean, but he's a very experienced kicker. He knows how to how to do things. I did not expect him to miss. I thought he was going to nail it. The 49ers were going to go up 11, and then all they were going to have to do is use the clock, you know, make Minnesota use all the clock. Uh, but that didn't happen, and that was a that was an interesting part of the game. It was frustrating. It was nerve wracking. I think is the best way to say it. Well, especially with how many overtime games Minnesota has already had this year. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sitting when I got when I walked in, when you said that I walked in and saw you know like L and Minnesota's driving. I was like, this game's going to overtime. Are you kidding me? Are you joking me right now? They, they've done this all season long. They either live they they live by the sword and come back in the second half after having a, a big lead or playing well and having control of the football game. Or they fall apart in the second half. One of the two things happens. And since we didn't put them away, my mind's going to what I've seen from Minnesota all year, which is they're going to somehow claw their way into overtime, and then we'll see what happens. I have limited faith in Kirk Cousins in those situations. Uh, I do too. Um, so I had some optimism. I was a little worried. If there would have been more time, they'd have been able to run the football, I'd have been more worried. Or if they had some timeouts. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they didn't have any timeouts, the way the foreigners were able to move the ball, I mean, from inside – you know, their own five-yard line all the way down the field to get it, you know, the chance for a 42-yard field goal. Um, but it was it was good to see that 49ers defense stiffen up. Even after the Josh Norman penalty, where it seemed like that was a big momentum shift, it ended up not being a momentum shift because it's like, oh, check down, tackle, check down, tackle, um, and then drop, you know, or, or at least a little bit Aaron Ball drop, and then all of a sudden you got the one to Jefferson. I, I thought that the 49ers stiffened up in the right way and got it done when they needed to get it done. Uh, but yeah, it was a little more nerve-wracking than it should have been. The 49ers are a better football team than how they played in this game on Sunday. And I believe they're a better football team than the Minnesota Vikings. That's why they won, even though um, they didn't play their best football. Accurate. Um, and I, I think Minnesota fans probably feel the same way about their team. Is they don't feel like they played their best football today. And I think that's fair from both teams. I think it was a um, a, a sloppy performance by both teams um, and on top of the injuries that piled up for, for both sides. Right. That doesn't make it easy either. Um, you know, and, and Minnesota fans, as, as much as you're hurting right now about, uh, you know, Cook, the Niners were playing without Fred Warner for a chunk, uh, without Dre Greenlaw for almost the entirety of the game, and without Debo Samuel for a nice chunk of it. Those are three key pieces for us as well. So, I mean, this wasn't a wasn't a pretty win, but it's a win. And in the NFL, especially at this point of the year when you're 5-5, five and five, uh, or 5-5, five and five, you're 6-5 and five now and complete control of the sixth seed, you'll take those every day of the week. Yeah, pretty and ugly wins don't matter. Uh-huh. The only thing that matters is win. Um, when you get to the end of the season, all when it looks at the record, no one really. There's cares. no pretty or ugly designation. No, there's no like... asterisks next to it wasn't the best quality win. No, this isn't. Uh, this isn't college football in the FBS where there's only four playoff spots for bowl championship series. Hundred percent not. Okay, cool. This is a different world. This is where you earn your spots. Uh, you can win every game by one as long as you beat every team. You can win the Super Bowl. That's just how it rolls. Um, but you know what? When we're getting into our defensive key matchups. My defensive key matchup was Dalvin Cook and the Vikings run game against the 49ers front seven. And I thought they did a great job. I mean, besides the one run I think he had up the middle where he kind of gashed him a little bit, broke free, and Emmanuel Mosley and Jaquiski Tart ran him out of bounds. Um, besides that, they pretty much hemmed him up. They kept him in, you know, inside where he wasn't able to do a lot of damage. And then, of course, Kevin Givens with the big hit 
um, where he injures his shoulder or pec or something of that nature, and it appears he's probably going to be done for a significant future. And that's too bad. He's a good player, but although the 49ers handled this Vikings run game very well, they took care of Dalvin Cook. They slowed him down, and that was one of the big things because if you were going to take away Justin Jefferson and you were going to try to take away Adam Thielen, were you going to have enough personnel to focus on Dalvin Cook? They they put a focus on Dalvin Cook. Adam Thielen ran wild a little bit during the game, but uh, ultimately the game plan worked, and they were able to get away with the win. So big W on this uh, this key matchup. 100%. It definitely was a big W. And the 49ers, uh, they, that was a focus. At one point, he had seven carries for 17 yards. Um, and there wasn't a lot of big gashing runs for Dalvin Cook today. There really wasn't. Uh, he got some pass catches out of the backfield. The the big screen was a huge play for them. And then the gashing run, like you talked about up the middle, where he kind of breaks off an arm tackle, a second level, and then bolts for what I thought was going to be forever into the end zone. And thank God two guys run him out of bounds. Um, but yeah, this was a this was a concern, right? If you're going to focus so much attention to Dalvin Cook, number one, are you going to be effective and actually slow him down? And then number two, what impact is that going to have on the offense? Early on, it didn't seem to have much of an impact because he wasn't getting the run game wasn't going, but they were still moving the ball. They got the ball in prime field position on one possession and another possession. They methodically moved the ball down the field and were able to put the ball in the end zone again or twice to uh, the Mister Thielen. Um, a little, little nerve-wracking at first, but they settled in, and they did what they needed to do, and that was huge because my defensive key matchup was the secondary versus Thielen and Jefferson. Getting gritty on defense, Ant, um, and they weren't always gritty. It wasn't always gritty, but it was enough grittiness. Um, Kirk Cousins only thrown for 238 yards. Jimmy Garoppolo finished with 230. Uh, Kirk Cousins with 238. Um, both guys finishing with about 100 QBR for the day. Um, Kirk throws two touchdowns to one pick. Jimmy the one in the one. Obviously, Jimmy has only 17 completions to Kirk Cousins is 20 for 32. So I, I they did enough today against these these guys. And you and I both said this. Someone there is going to get theirs at some point. Um, there's too much talent on that offense for not one for one of them to not get theirs at some point in time. Yeah. And Jefferson at times gashed the Niners on third downs. Thielen on a couple third downs gashed the Niners. And then in the red zone when the Niners went zone, Thielen was able to sit. He's a an extremely talented wide receiver who's also very good at running his routes versus zone coverage and knows where to sit down in space. And he makes some ridiculous catches. I mean, this is what Adam Thielen is. This is who he is. This is who he's been. He's been in the league. He's a hardworking guy, extremely talented, big body dude who can go up in space and make catches and sits down in the right spot in the zone. And Kirk has great chemistry with him and found him two different times in the red zone. I mean, the one where he throws back shoulder to, to Thielen, who's running, right? He runs essentially a delayed, a, de a delayed seam route. It looks like a drag and then turns into a seam. Throws it back shoulder with Hufanga in space, five yards away. It was absolutely great. It was a great throw, great catch, great route, great everything. Um, you know, I'm just glad the, the Niners defense did enough. I don't know if I necessarily give this a huge W, like a huge win for the 49ers secondary, but it wasn't an L. It was at worst a push. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was gritty. And I, I thought that the whole thing was just slowing them down. You know, I mean, taking it up away. And they did that. They they made a they made a concerted effort to make sure they took away Justin Jefferson early in this game. And Adam Thielen got to him. Adam Thielen makes some good plays. They had the the flea flicker along the sideline where it was a big play for him. Um, I know he had the one in the back of the end zone where Jimmy Ward misplays the, the coverage a little bit. And he takes advantage of him. And then he had the the big one that you just talked about where he got up the seam and really took advantage of Kalano Hufanga flowing a little bit out of direction in a two deep safety look. Couldn't he never should have? I mean, he never should have been that far. Yeah, he should have been sitting on the seam. And then if Thielen crossed his face, he could have went with him. Hundred percent, he just read it a little bit wrong. Uh, but Thielen did a great job of sitting down the situation. And Kirk Cousins got him the got him the football. 
you felt like in the second half, I know I felt like in the second half, uh, that these guys completely changed it up a little bit. The coverage got a little bit tighter on those two guys. And then you started hearing names that you weren't used to hearing, you know, Conklin making a catch. And um, what was the third receiver's name Osborne. again? Osborne making catches. And in fact, he even went to him on, uh, tried to go to Osborne another time on the last drive. So they had to start counting on people. The 49ers were not going to let other people beat them. And a lot of that goes to Dalvin Cook being out of the football game at that time. He sure. didn't have as much you know, attention that you needed to pay to him. So, so that was big for the 49ers. But I think you're right. I think it's razor thin, but I think the 49ers just barely get enough of a W. Crazy stat, though, that they said that Thielen had only scored two touchdowns in the first half for the first time ever in this game. I thought that was kind of curious. That is, because he's been one of their go-to wideouts. You'd yeah. think he'd have at least a couple of those, a couple of games under his belt where he would have scored two and a half. Especially with how many points that offense has put up in recent memory. Yeah, so that was interesting. That big job, big time job by him. And I thought Cousins played pretty admirably overall. Agreed. I don't think Minnesota played terrible. I think they played, you know, decent. Um, I think the 49ers just played a little bit better. But I think Minnesota is definitely in their driver's seat to get that seventh seed in the playoffs. Oh yeah, by no means are they off the board. They are no. And- I I think the nine. I, well, I think this game shows the Niners and the Vikings right now are in the muck up pack that is the NFC right now for the playoff spots. They're the two teams that are in the driver's seat. Well, I think you have. I, I think honestly, you have two teams at the top. You have Arizona and Green Bay, um, which Minnesota and the 49ers have proven they can hang with. Correct. I think those are your your you know your kind of your them and Tampa Bay are the three teams that are like in that top tier. And then I think you put the Cowboys down there with the Rams, the 49ers, and the Vikings. Mm-hmm. I think that's that next tier, and then everyone else under that. Um, so they're right there in that middle tier. They have the opportunity still to do damage. And do you think Green Bay wants to play Minnesota in the playoffs? Heck no. Or do you think Tampa Bay wants to play Minnesota? Heck no. Um, probably not. The one question <clears> is going to be how much can Minnesota run the football now if they don't have Dalvin Cook? That's that's going to be a big thing. That's a huge blow to this football team. Um, I They still have the, the talent all around at the wide receiver position, um, but not having Dalvin Cook is a huge blow. It, it truly is. I feel for Dalvin Cook. I feel for Minnesota Vikings fans. Um, if there's an I organiz- do too. That is if there's an organization that understands running back injuries, uh, it's, it's the 49ers. Yeah. Definitely is. 100%. Yeah, I, I feel bad for any fan base, especially one that's in the midst of the playoffs that loses a star player. Like I don't like it. No, not fun. Uh, so, Dalvin Cook, get healthy, get sp- a speedy recovery. We wish you all the best. Uh, Florida State Seminole fan over here definitely wishes you the best. Yep. And uh, Vikings, good good showing. It's a great showing by you guys. You, I, you, you guys played not only admirably in place, but it was a, a lot of fun. Uh, I would have preferred a blown out. I think both of us would have preferred a blowout. I always prefer a blowout. Always. Uh, but, hey. Tough game. We figured it was going to be a tough matchup, and the Madden Sim got it right again. And so look at that. The Madden Simulation now is doing uh, doing its thing. It's yeah. clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, the Madden Simulation is on a roll right now as well. It is. It is, it is red hot right now. It is, it is so hot right now. Uh, but let's turn our attention to defensive players, Ant, that were hot on the block this week for the 49ers in this Week 12 victory versus the Minnesota Vikings. It's time for the block is hot. <laughs> Yeah, it's time for the defensive player of the game. So the block is hot player of the game is for the 49ers and, and for me. Um, it's Aziz Alshair. I thought Alshair played very good in this game. He had the pivotal interception on Kirk Cousins that gets him inside the five. He had the fumble recovery on the fumble um, from the Dalvin Cook play where, you know, he just gets blown up by Givens. Alshair is the one that comes up with it. And that ball was floating around there for a while. And he made the play. But also when Fred Warner was out of the football game, Alshair took over control in the middle of that defense, and he did just enough. He did what he had to do. He was important in the run game. Um, so I, I got to give props to Al Shair. Al Shair has been improving all year, and this is one of his better games and causing turnovers or taking advantage of turnovers. 
This is what you need if you want to win football games. So Aziz Alshayer, big time player. Huge player in a game which you had Dre Greenlaw coming back. Yeah. So you didn't know if you needed Aziz all that much. And Aziz steps up in a huge way with uh, with Dre going down early. Fred going down in a big way as well. And so Aziz Alshayer definitely is deserving of this. And, and I would give it to him too, but I got to give some love to somebody else out there. And that person is Kevin Givens. Because Kevin Givens created some turnovers. He created some havoc. He has uh, two big plays, uh, well, actually three or four times, where he blows through into the backfield almost untouched. Um, and a couple times, Minnesota ends up actually just running plays where they trap him. They're having to trap Kevin Givens because of how quick he's getting off the ball and what he was able to do. Um, these are the types of things that only get you more run and more snaps, but make your defensive line this much more harder to manage. Because when DJ Jones comes off the field, when, when Arden Key's not in there for pass rush downs, if Kevin Gibbons can get that kind of push, teams have to start getting, taking chances, right? Who are we going to double on the interior? Because if they're just able to double Armstead the whole time, it becomes, number one, difficult for Armstead, but number two, becomes difficult across the board for the 49ers because you can send they can send more guys to one side of the line to account for. If Kevin Gibbons can continue to put up that kind of dominating, impactful performance where he's getting those big jumps and disrupting plays to the extent in which he was, which was blowing plays up as they're happening in the backfield. This is big problems for the, for the not just the Minnesota Vikings, but for every team in the NFL. But this was an area, you know, I you and I talked about all week, and then when I did the All-22 film preview, that stood out on film, was Minnesota getting blown, their, their interior O-line getting blown off the ball and yeah. opportunities for big plays. Um, it just so happens that it comes back to bite them in a big way because Dalvin Cook gets hurt on that play. It ends up being a turnover. Um, but Kevin Gibbons then continues to build on that by doing that multiple times, couple play action looks, as well as a couple just inside runs where they end up having to trap him because of how much push he gets. Yeah, it was his best game of the season. I mean, that one of his big features is his pass rush. I mean, that's one of the reasons he's on this football team. He's improved a lot. Um, but he looked good in this football game, and he, you're right. He was getting per, uh, penetration, getting vertical, and getting after it, and that's what you need from him, so that's a good good selection. Uh, the 49ers definitely needed him in this game, and he made some pivotal plays that – you know, ultimately decided this game. So, yeah, 100% he could be a defensive player of the game. I like it, Ant. I like it. But from the defensive side of the ball, we got to go over to the offensive side of the ball. And offense now, which is clicking on all cylinders, scoring 30-plus in three straight games, it's time for our offensive straight beast of the game. And each and every week we come on to Straight Beast now, and I keep talking about the sentence of Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk. And you know what? Brandon Ayuk did it again. Three catches, 91 yards. Um, you know, a game in which there weren't a lot of completions for the 49ers, only 17 actual completions. But I, I'm not going to go with Brandon Ayuk. Because Brandon Ayuk is doing now what Brandon Ayuk should have been doing this whole time. And at this point, I'm done praising you. Just keep doing it, my guy. Expect it now. But you know who no one expected to be doing what he's doing right now? You know who no one expected? to be playing the way he played today? Tom Compton. Tom Compton, folks. That's right, Trash Compton, Cutback Crew. I've seen the emojis in chat. We've laughed about it all together. We've joked about Trash Compton. Trash Compton doesn't exist right now. I don't know who this version of Tom Compton is, but this version of Tom Compton is the one that we saw in training camp. Ant and I, both of them, were like, this guy actually has a chance to make the roster. He's playing pretty good at right tackle. And you know what? He went out there and played himself one heck of a football game today. Yes, there was some pressure on Jimmy, but I didn't see a lot of it coming from the right tackle spot. It, it seemed like it was coming a lot from the interior. I saw Daniel Brunskill getting walked back a lot. And Daniel Brunskill struggling and Tom Compton not struggling, number one, isn't good for Daniel Brunskill. But number two is a testament to Tom Compton, who has completely turned a corner and flipped a script. When I was expecting, you were expecting Jalen Moore to be the starter. 
I was expecting to see Jalen Moore out there taking the first snaps of the game. And it was Tom Compton. And you know what? He did his job. He did what he needed to do the game today. The run game was going. Tom Compton was making some great blocks, washing guys through, getting up to second level. I loved what I saw from Tom Compton today. And you know what? We've been making jokes, Tom. No more trash, Compton. That emoji is out of here. No more trash, Compton. It's Tom Compton all the way right now, and I'm all right with that. The 49ers are definitely mixing it up still, so I don't expect there to be a solidified starter in. But on today, on this game in Week 12, Tom Compton is a straight beast. Very interesting selection. Um, of all the guys that you could have chose, that was an interesting one. But, hey, you went with your gut. You went with the guy. Um, and Tom Compton's your guy. So, hey, good choice on that. Um, my decision came down to a couple of guys, and there were a couple of guys that had a huge impact on this game. Um, but I decided to go with the young guy on this, and I decided to go with Elijah Mitchell over Debo, even though Debo had you know two touchdowns in this game. It was very impressive. I just thought the way Elijah Mitchell ran, the way he helped control you know the game with the way he read, uh, with the great vision, the way, way he was able to cut, the way he was able to squeak through these little holes, get vertical. Uh, it, it was a great performance once again, and that's what we need from Elijah Mitchell. And um, whenever this offense is rolling, you can tell the difference when Elijah Mitchell's playing running back and when it's not. And the only thing that's better than Elijah Mitchell playing running back is Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel playing running back, <laughs> which they put them both in the backfield together a couple of times, which is a new wrinkle that I like. But whenever you rush for 133 yards and you average 4.9 yards a carry, I'm going to be pretty excited about it. That's a dominant run game. Warriors were dominant. They were able to kind of finish this game off, put themselves in a situation to kick a field goal to clinch it. That's what you're looking for from your team. And so overall, I'm very proud of him. I'm, I'm excited about his progression. I'm looking forward to him rushing for over a thousand yards this season. Accurate ant. It is a hundred percent accurate. And, uh, you know, you joked about that. You jokingly made the reference on the reaction show about how can we stop all this nonsense about his vision, his vision, his vision, his vision is top notch. He, he sees things that I'm not seeing any, any other running backs on this roster seeing. He's seeing holes and gaps and creases that he can hit and push for an additional two to three yards that other guys don't hit. No one. No one on this roster hits. Now, there were flashes last week from Trey, two weeks ago, excuse me, from Trey Sermon for the first time. Him hitting the hole really hard, like the hardest I've ever seen him hit the hole. But you know who I've never had to wait for a flash for is Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. He's been a flash since week one. Oh, no, he's looked really good. And the way they're able to run the tosses and stuff because of his speed, the way he's able to cut back against the grain on these counter plays, the gap plays. Uh, it's it's fun to watch, and he can do it all. You want to run an ISO, he can run it. You want to run a sweep outside, he can run it. Uh, he can do everything you need to do inside or outside, and that's what separates him kind of from the other running backs on the team because he's also not just a running back, but in third down, he can catch the ball in the backfield. He had some catches in this football game, which with an in- injured finger, he wouldn't ultimately think he could. True. Um, but he was still able to catch those. The fact if Jimmy would have got him the one a little bit you know lower, he probably had a lot, of, a lot of space to make something happen. True, and the set, funny part is, is they basically went back to that route like two pass plays later. Yeah. It still worked, still yeah. worked, and that's because of the speed. You have to respect his ability to get out in space. Yeah, hundred percent, big time, man. It's absolutely big. But you know what else is big? Hits, hits, and hurt. Putting the hurt on people, and the 49ers did that in a big way yet again. Let's induct some people and into the hurt business. It's Hurt Business time, Ant. Who you got? Who are you inducting in week 12 to the Hurt Business? There's a lot of good options. I'm just going to put the guy that's in every single week, and that's Trent Williams. That's true. Um, Trent Williams had a play where Elijah Mitchell gets up the seam and gets a big you know, big gain, and where he took out two guys. He took out the defensive end, and he took out Harrison Smith. And by doing that, he made it so he could not get to Elijah Mitchell, and it ends up being a big gain on the play. 
Trent Williams is an absolute beast. He's playing at a high level. He's an all-pro tackle. He's the best left tackle in football. Um, he's definitely earned every single penny of that contract so far. Worth every penny, too. And I'm, I'll never not say it, was, it wasn't worth it. Trent Williams is an absolute savage and monster. And, you know, I'm about I'm to give another guy, and who's basically been in every week that we've inducted someone into the Hurt business. It's Aziz Al-Shair. Aziz Al-Shair, block his hot defensive player of the game. Hurt business, regular inductee on the defensive side of the ball. He always has at least one or two hits every game in which he's putting somebody flat back on their back and just, you know, making them feel him in space. Uh, Aziz Al-Shair is an absolute savage. He's a monster. And, uh, man, I can't, I can't say it enough. I was 100% wrong about Aziz Al-Shair and where his development is. Yeah. I was 100% wrong, and I'm glad I was 100% wrong. Oh, 100%. Because I was super worried going into this year. You know what? I'm not worried. Not worried about Aziz Al-Shair. Sometimes in coverage, yes. But for the most part, solid. Yeah, I'm going to go with Debo Samuel, too, in her business. Um, finishing runs around the goal line, not getting knocked out, uh, you know, knocked out of bounds the first time. The second time, he runs over Harrison Smith. Just, I mean, absolutely obliterates him. Debo Samuel plays with that attitude. Uh, earlier in the game, they tried to hit him, and he took on a guy with a shoulder and then walked out of bounds and then had some nice things to say to him. He just plays with a physicality that gets everyone on the team going. Him, George Kittle, um, it's infectious. It's an attitude. Kyle Juszczyk was adding that kind of aggressiveness that, as well. That was going to be my last yeah. inductee was Juszczyk because, they're, again, it, whether he's flying across and cutting, just cutting a D-end in space, or whether it's up the gut just smacking a linebacker head on, uh, Kyle Juszczyk is just an absolute monster. He's just He's just a monster. He does what he needs to do. He has no fears. He anticipates better than most block, just blockers anticipate. You know, he he's not a he's not a fullback. He really isn't a fullback, but he plays it better than any fullback in the league right now. Oh yeah, he he's he's positionless. He can play out wide. He can play you know in line. He can play off the ball. He can play fullback. He can play running back. He does it all and. When you have a talent like that, it's smart to use them as a weapon. That's the same thing they're doing with Debo Samuel. Using these guys as weapons, Kyle Shannon's putting them to be in places to be successful. But you're right, Kyle Yushek is setting the tone um, for what is asked of him. He's watering the, the garden that is all their talent and letting mm-hmm. it bloom and blossom, and it's, it's glorious. He doesn't put them into a box. I love it. True. Don't put them into a box, Kyle Shanahan. Keep doing your thing. But Cutback Crew, let us know what you thought about this entire reaction show and just the game itself. How excited are you about this team now? Coming out of week 12, going into week 13, the Niners sitting comfortably in the sixth seed at 6-5 six and five with a big divisional rival game looming ahead. What should have been a Sunday night matchup on primetime is now 1.25 p.m. flexed to CBS. Please give me Romo. Please give me Romo. Please Let's give me go, Jim. Please, please give me Romo. That's, all, that's the only thing I can say about this game now. If we get a, if we get a, here we go, Jim, before the Seattle 49ers game on Sunday, I will be a very happy man. And if not, then NFL, screw you. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what group we're going to get, but I'm excited for this game. I'm excited for the 49ers, hopefully, to go in there and handle business against Seattle. Because if they do, um, a 7-5 and five 49ers is going to be, you know, somebody dangerous for this playoff hunt. Teams are going to start getting uh, to get worried, and I, I like that. I, I'm, I'm curious to see how they finish. I'm curious to see if they can catch the Rams, but I'm excited about the way this team is headed. Absolutely. Super excited about it. Uh, you still got a lot of content coming up this week and still got big yikes coming up today as well as Madden Cutback League. So if you're a channel member here on YouTube or you're on Patreon, you got tons of 49ers Cutback League, the Madden League, coming your way this week. Probably, I think, six whole games potentially coming this week. That's a lot of football, a lot of Madden and trash talk and, and fun stuff there, um, as well as Ant, big yikes on Patreon 
as well as all 22 film breakdowns over on Patreon and tons of daily content here, right here on YouTube and Spotify, Apple Pods, Google Pods, wherever you find podcasts. We're everywhere. Yeah, right right now. That's how we're, we're kind of riding the wave. We're everywhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's exciting. There's a lot of cool stuff to, you know, check out. If you want more information about, you know, Patreon and all that, you can always hit us up. We'll talk to you about what is available over there, what you have to do. Um, but yeah, content galore. Get you know, if you if you like 49ers content, get involved in it. And it'll be an exciting week because early on, once again, we're gonna be enjoying this 49ers victory, talking everything Niners versus Minnesota Vikings. Um, and then as we shift, as we get, you know, to Quest for the West, start talking about the impact that it has on the West, it, NFC West, and ultimately how this division is gonna shake up. And then we get to the next opponent, which is Seattle Seahawks. Um, and then, you know, hopefully we can get a little conversation with Sam and, and see what's going on there because I'm going to be tuned into Quest of the West, or Quest for the West this week to hear what Sam thinks about the 49ers versus Seahawks and whether the, he thinks that uh, the Seahawks are in trouble or he thinks they can go ahead and handle the 49ers because they seem, Sam has said, they seem to handle the 49ers in Seattle. He does. He, he thinks that's the case. And you know what? We'll see how he feels this week, especially after their, uh, their big game tonight. And I mean, they, they still got to play the Washington football team tonight. So we'll see how that pans out. We'll see you on the next episode, Cutback Crew and the Faithful. And until then, stay safe. Remember the right way is always the 49ers one.